To Prince Track by Track. Today we're going to be talking about Jughead from Diamonds and Pearls. Recorded on September 11th, 1990 at Paisley Park and released on the 1st of October 1991. On the track it is Prince and the MPG, which of course is Michael B, Levi, Rosie Gaines, Kirk Johnson, Damon Dixon and of course Tony M. Um, the song was written by Tony M, Prince and Kirk Johnson. It is 4 minutes 56, uh, although there's a portion of that that is definitely not music, uh, like. which is probably about the last minute of it. And joining me to talk about it today is Erin Gamble. Hello, Erin. Hello. In terms of this this kind of um, the genre for the song, um, I would say this is kind of, I mean, I want to say like it's a like a rap song, but... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like a, I wrote down old school rap. It really reminded me of like Grandmaster Flash kind of rapping. It opens up with a kind of, you know, the lyrics where, well, it doesn't open up with lyrics actually. It opens up with this weird thing where there's kind of like a noise. Yeah. And and then someone goes, what the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then straight into funk. So there's funk there too. Um, and then, you know, we have Tony M saying all across the land. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, Rio, Marbella, we're getting stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes, Germany, Paris, France, we're getting stupid. And then, of course, he says, Stockholm, Sweden, we, Stockholm, Sweden, we love you. And I just, I find it funny that like those are the places that they've picked. It's like Rio, Marbella. He doesn't even say anywhere in Germany. He just says Germany. Yeah. And then he says Paris, France. And then he says Stockholm, Sweden. I just, I just, I love, I, I mean, obviously at this point, um, you know, uh, Prince was kind of about to embark on like a world tour. So I don't know when he was recording this, maybe it was on his mind that, you yeah. know, in the next few months he was going to be going around the world. But I just kind of like that opening because it's kind of a bit silly. Yes. Where, you know, just like. It's very silly. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I do love the kind of, we're getting stupid, like, as if this is something that's going to take off as like a catchphrase. Um, (laughs) Well, that goes, I mean, that continues as a, as a theme, but also at the beginning, isn't there that, like, there's like a, like, almost like a spiritual sounding, like, um, like a gospel-y sound at the beginning? Um, Yeah. Between. With the, the kind of keep it nice and quiet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's an odd kind of opening because it's very kind of quiet. Yes. Um, and you know, you you kind of at this point you're coming from Walk Don't Walk, which was a very kind of, I mean, a, a very odd song in itself mm-hmm. <laughs> with a lot of kind of like car horns being played and yeah. all this kind of stuff. So it to go to that from that to this kind of quiet kind of opening, and then suddenly kind of to get very loud and you know as they say to get stupid. Yeah. Uh, Hits you in the face. You know, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah and then of course we get you know straight in there with um you know tony m um saying let me shed it's easier said code red bust the new groove just hyped for the jughead and <laughs> n- never at any point during this entire song am i 100 percent clear on exactly what the jughead is um but you know apparently they're kicking the jughead it, it, you know, it's just something yeah. that they keep saying in between getting stupid well uh, i and yeah i don't know the jughead so i, I Jughead as a term, as I understand it, means like a stupid person. 
And so I don't know yeah. if they are implying, like, as, I mean, I know we'll talk about more of the lyrics, but I don't know if they are talking about the fact that they are stupid for certain reasons, or if there's, like, an other, like, I think it's it's kind of both. I think they're, they are referring to themselves as the Jughead, but then also others. Yeah. As the Jughead as well. <laughs> I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because at the same time, you know, this is this was recorded on the same day as Horny Pony um, and The Flow, which is on um, oh, wow, on really? the next album. Um, and also there was a, a <laughs> there was a song which is called Something Funky, This House Comes, um, which, you know, <laughs> it obviously is, you know, a, a reworking of Something Wicked. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, they that's that's never been released. That song. Also, there's a song called Fancy Dancer. Um, and I don't, I don't know what that song is, but I, I can only imagine anything that I'm thinking of is probably a lot more fun than the actual song. Um, just, you know, a <laughs> right. song by Prince called Fancy Dancer. But yeah, so, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, the, the fact that this, the song is basically mostly Tony M, um, you know, I think that's why he gets the co-writing yes. credit, you know. Um, yes, and, yes. you know, there, there have been kind of criticisms that Prince was a little bit late getting into rap. Um, and then he kind of, you know, brought in Tony M, who some people felt was a bit of a mediocre rapper. Um, I, mm-hmm. you know, I think he fits with what Prince is doing. This is the thing is like if yeah. you'd have had someone who, in you know, kind of had I don't, I don't want to say had their own personality as if Tony M doesn't. But if someone who was kind of well known or, you know, was came in as a guest rapper and had like a very specific kind of. Um, you know, way of doing things and try to impose mm-hmm. that on Prince. I don't think that would have worked. Um, whereas, you know, Prince has Tony M and he can, you know, yeah. Tony M can kind of do what he wants, but it, it fits better with what Prince, you know, the end result that Prince is looking for. Right. Prince is using him as a as a, yeah, a tool um, for the song. And I, right. I do like as well where he says, bass thumping, everybody's doing the bumping. Oops, I slipped on a move. I think it's time to bust something. <laughs> Yeah, Which, it's like, great. <laughs> but that's such a like that's such a early '90s like rap line, like not early '90s, but like um, it, it don't like the rap. I think you're right. The rapping is, I would say, mediocre. <laughs> I guess because I feel like when I, like during that era, like '90, 90, '91, like when you're um watching any sort of media and 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 even white America was like rap is this thing we gotta. We got to, you know, rap to the kids or whatever. So like after school specials, TV commercials, there was all this like rap light going on. Yeah. And the rapping in Jughead kind of feels like that, (laughs) which I think you're right. I think it's just because Prince is not, that's not part of his um, comfort zone, I guess. Yeah. Um, But he recognized it as being a thing of the time. Well, so yeah, that's how I feel about the rapping. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the thing is as well is you know when you get the when you get lines like uh, you know move your head and shoulders from side to side, take your back foot <laughs> and then you let it slide in a fade motion, yeah. lots of attitude, coast to coast. <laughs> that that kind of feels more like you know kind of you know like when you used to get like sixty songs like the twist and that kind of thing where they would have yeah, dance yeah. instructions and it just doesn't feel yeah. like something that most rappers would. I mean, I know there are raps that have like, you know, uh, kind of specific dances associated with them. But it's just really weird here that kind of Tony M is trying to tell people, you know, here is a, here is the here is the moves that go with this rap. And they're right. very, very kind of prescriptive of like move your head and shoulders from side to side and take yeah. your back foot. And like it's it's kind of it's clear that Prince's hand is involved in this rap somehow. Because this is the kind yeah. of thing that Prince would sing about, you know. He's he's done it on Sign of the Times, where there's a few songs where he kind of yeah. instructs the crowd on how to dance along, um, you know. 
and, yeah. and then of course he says, you know, uh, then you're floating homeboys boasting, you made this skis freeze, you've been chosen. And then he does my favorite thing in the world, which is something that, you know, in my life I would have loved to have reached the stage where you could have referred to Prince simply as P. Because he says, he says, P, ladies and gentlemen, MPG introduces the Jughead. And, you know, that's when Prince finally comes into the song, you know, singing, we're getting funky in the house tonight. Yeah. And but I just love that Tony M, you know, is allowed to refer to Prince simply by the first letter in his name. That's my favorite thing (laughs) in the world. You know, yeah. it just it just it just makes it feel like they were just messing about. And he and I just love to imagine it at home and particularly given some of the videos that came out along with Diamonds and Pearls, um, particularly Gangster Glam, which has Tony M, Prince, Kirk Johnson and Damon Dixon on roller skates. And I just I would <laughs> just love to have been there in Paisley Park where they're all skating around. And Tony M is like, <laughs> it's just saying P. And, and I just would have loved yeah. to have been there for that, that, a moment like that. Um, and that's what this song kind of <laughs> makes me imagine. Um, yeah. Know. And the chorus itself, you know, is, you know, is, is fe- you know, is, is quite, um, you know, is quite catchy. You know, the whole kick in the jug yeah. head, get stupid, get stupid. We're getting funky in the yeah. house tonight. Like, you know, it's, it's kind of a catchy enough chorus, um, you know. Yeah, it feels like party music. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the NPG feels like Prince's own party like his like travel party anyway. Like it does yeah. feel like they have that level level of like comfort uh, with each other and friendship. Um, hey, can we talk about Prince's rap? <laughs> yeah, go for it. <laughs> it's so lazy. Like I, I like it's so funny when you said earlier that like that's not his thing. I didn't even think about that before. You know, when I first heard the song, certainly. But like even now, when I was revisiting it for um, recording today, I was just like. Gosh, he's like it's the la- it's like the laziest rapping ever. But it, I mean, I think it works because it's his style. Yeah. But it's almost like, um, yeah, like he. I don't know. It's it's not. Oh, it's, it's certainly not as upbeat as Tony M. Like he doesn't seem as natural, a natural fit with it. Yeah. Um, but I I love it, and I love that you can hear him laugh in his rap. At some point. <laughs> yeah. It's like a little a little laugh there, which is adorable. Isn't that where yeah. he starts with "Don't worry if you're looking silly." Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and again, like it's rare that we get this from Prince, but we get him almost in his natural speaking voice. Yes, yes, um, yes. You know, like he, he isn't singing this. He isn't putting it into falsetto. He's kind of delivering it. You know, and most people obviously, you know, if you've seen the films, you've seen that Prince does have like a, a, a speaking voice that's kind of, you know, a little bit like higher than where he would sing in his low register, but lower than his falsetto, obviously yeah. a lot lower than his falsetto. So yeah. it's not, it's not completely like, it's not the voice that you would really expect from Prince. Yeah. So it's interesting to just hear Prince kind of, you know, deciding that that's the voice he's going to choose to be a yeah. rapper with, um, you know, and I, I, you know, when he says, look over here, working for Willie, which is, I don't know, <laughs> Prince, I don't know what you, and when he's like getting busy in the corner, holding my own, you think that I'm posing. I'm just frozen on an upbeat. Yep, yep. <laughs> clocking a clocking a freak in a low pro, uh, you know, discreet. Baby was laughing, but before and no was even said. She's on the dance floor. Next beat, kicking the jughead. Yep. Again, doesn't really enlighten me as to what the jughead is now because now she's kicking the jughead. So well, I think in that in that way, she's probably doing the dance move. Well, like, I think yeah. the dance move is when you're kicking the jughead, like when you're kicking a move or kicking the jughead. Gosh, that <laughs> kicking a move made me feel like the, I mean, I am a white person, but it made me feel like the whitest person alive by using the <laughs> phrase that I just used, kicking a move. 
But yeah, that's that's what I thought was like kicking the jughead and doing the jughead. Yeah, Both and I I like as well how when we get back to the kind of chorus just before we start to get to the you know the calling out of locations again, um, which is my favorite thing in this song is just here are some locations for you. Um, there's a point where you hear Prince in the mix and he goes, "This one's mine, T." So you know, not only not only can Tony M call him P, but he refers to Tony M yeah. as T. Yep. So, you know, they have that relationship. And, you know, we get the, you know, <laughs> we get the kind of call outs where it says, say Rio. What about New York? L.A.? We're getting <laughs> funky. And then he says Atlanta, Atlanta, G.A. Um, you know, so I, I I mean, I like how they kind Checking of they bring back. They bring back Rio for some reason, but not any of the other kind of international right. locations. Um Although, you know, we then get the breakdown where they say, homie, kick it just like that, like over mm-hmm. and over again while Prince plays guitar. Because even though mm-hmm. Prince is doing a rap song and he has his own rap, he has to have some kind of guitar solo in there. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we get the, which is, I've got to say, it's one of my favorite bits of kind of guitar stuff yes. that Prince does on this album. Um, I agree. You know, kind of the long held notes and the kind of, you know, the it kind of then goes into that, um, towards the end of it, it goes... Uh, nah, uh, 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 yeah. that's like the end of the uh, yeah just before it gets back into it's taunting it's almost like yeah. like schoolyard <laughs> taunt is what i is like yeah i wrote down schoolyard taunt that's how that's how that riff sounds which yeah. is perfect for a song that's about like talking about a stupid person <laughs> <laughs> yeah or, or maybe um, even feeling stupid however however you interpret it i guess well i mean they're getting stupid definitely let's put sure, it like sure. that um, and then, of course, I like how Tony says, we're getting international in the house. <laughs> and he says, that's right. We're getting international in the house. Um, and then he says, we want this one to go worldwide. That's right. Worldwide, not stateside. Which is, I don't know. I, I, He's I, very clear about yeah. his intentions. Yeah, he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't just want this to be a hit on, you know, the many, many different billboard charts. He wants this to be an international hit. Um, and then they get my fa- my favorite thing in in kind of any Prince stuff from this era is his his kind of hometown pride, yes. um, where he he calls out M, and then P, and then L, and then S, and then he says who turn out the mother. <laughs> it's like <laughs> okay, all right, okay, Prince. Yeah. And this is something that he does in a, a few songs where he he will refer to kind of Minneapolis, but he'll always just call it MPLS. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, you know, years later he released an album called MPLS Sound. Um, mm-hmm. You know, which is obviously a reference to the, the kind of the Minneapolis sound that, you know, was yep. part of the 80s. Um, so, you know, I just I, I kind of, you know, I just like that. The fact that, yes. you know, even though he's a he's a star and obviously they want this to go worldwide, not just stateside. Um, yeah. He's still willing to, you know, name his hometown. Um, yeah. You know, that's obviously. I love his love for his hometown. That's one of my yeah. favorite things about him. Yep. And, and, you know, obviously at this point, you know, Paisley Park is. You know, it's in Shanhassen. You know, who else would pick a kind of, you know, uh, uh, an industrial estate in Shanhassen to build their <laughs> their kind of their music studio in their home? You know, that's that's kind mm-hmm. of that's what something only Prince would ever bother to do. Um, you know, right. and this is where we the song itself kind of goes to like this weird fade out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in walks Mr. Manager <laughs> um, <laughs> saying, Tony, you were excellent. What you need is a manager. Um, and then we get like um, something, you know, an unusual production detail, but uh, the manager is hard panned on one side and uh, Tony is hard panned on the other side. And as this conversation goes on, they gradually get brought in until, you know, the last couple of lines where they're, they're both firmly in the middle until Tony slaps 
the manager, <laughs> which, you know, is something that I, I mean, I, I, this funny thing is that, you know, the, the, this whole dialogue at the end um, is kind of directed at Steve Fognoli, who was uh, right. one of Prince's managers. Um, and, you know, he, he sued for defamation and breach of contract and demanded five million in damages because of this, uh, you know, this kind of speech at the end. Um, you know, <laughs> and, you know, there's, there's a, I mean, there are some interesting points here, which is, um, you know, obviously Tony says money minders are like parasites. They pose as wheelers and dealers for your rights. And most companies say that you need them. But I've kicked yeah. back, observed and watched them bleed them. And then he says, artists, young and old. And I like at that point, that's where the manager goes, I can bring you to the top. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, and we talk about like, I mean, they they, they specifically say, you know, Little Richard. But obviously this, you know, there's a controversy about a lot of songs that were kind of written in the the kind of the late 50s and and throughout the 60s, where certain managers would put their name onto um, records. This was actually a storyline in The Sopranos. Um, where Hesh, um, who was, you know, Tony's uh, money manager, um, he, he like, in the 60s, uh, he put his name onto a record of this band. And obviously he hadn't written the song. He was just taking right. a co-writing credit because he was the manager. And it was a right. way, you know, years later to guarantee royalties uh, to his family, um, yeah. which, of course, was then taking money from the artists who actually wrote the songs. Um, sure. And a lot of whom had very kind of, uh, punitive contracts anyway that basically gave them practically no money from any of the these like gigantic yeah. hits um and obviously this is something that prince you know in real life will kind of develop as a theme uh sure. you know the idea of kind of of what an artist should be able to own and how they should be able to make money and you know that's essentially once you get to like 1994 you know that will define the kind of final 20 years of prince's career yeah. is the idea that artists should be able to control the money that they're making yeah. although i do find it funny that you know he says so fellow artists push for yours and watch from Mr. Moneyminder as we settle the score. And just as the manager goes, Tony, he just slaps Slap. him in the face. And that's the end of the song. Yeah, yeah um, I think what Prince has done really well is for, for that for that cause is, I think, to publicize it. And, you know, I know you'll talk yeah. probably more about that when you guys talk about Love Symbol and other stuff. But, like, um, that it became, just the general public became so aware of artist rights as an issue because of the stuff he did. So I don't, I mean, I don't know legally what, you know, any, any, um, boundaries he pushed or any, you know, new ground that he, that he uncovered. But, um, but as far as just being, uh, a consumer of pop music, you know, even as a kid, the fact that I was aware of art of, of issues like that going on in the recording world, um, you know, at such a young age when those albums came out is pretty, uh, indicative of like Prince's power, I guess at the time. Yeah, I mean, like the most telling line is, you know, he says, uh, he says, boy, I go broken, hit the skids before I take care of a rich sucker's kids. Yeah. And, you know, that is something that is true now is a lot of these managers from the 60s, you know, they had children and basically, you know, their inheritance (laughs) was a bunch of writing credits from hit songs from the 60s and 70s that they their parents never wrote like, you know, one word of. And, you know, you still have these these kind of kids getting rich off that that kind of. Uh, you know that work uh, whereas you know the artists themselves kind of uh, you know a number of them you know either died early or they died broke because you know they they the, the contracts were kind of very onerous and just didn't give them a, a fair amount of the the money right, right, right. Um, 
but then I mean at the same time I always I mean obviously listening to the album you get the kind of the jughead thing and then immediately it goes into money don't matter too yeah. so which to me is just a funny contrast between Prince complaining about money and record contracts and then immediately going money don't matter tonight yeah. <laughs> and then you're like you're like Prince this is some cognitive dissonance here. Like right. either money is very important or it doesn't matter. Like, well, and I guess that's what, that's what I meant earlier about the Jughead is that like, I think this song is Prince saying like, I was, I was duped. I've been duped for like a long time by managers. Yeah. Like money lenders, money managers, whoever. Yeah. Um, and like, this is his sort of making fun of himself maybe and other artists who maybe have like a na- naivete about them when they when they come into that sort of world or whatever, um, yeah. and then at the end of it to have like that slap is such nice like vengeance <laughs> against like let's yeah. get stupid or whatever. Yeah, so I, I do like <laughs> that part of it. Um, I, I you know I, I personally I would have to say for me um, I can't give it more than a four out of five, and I think that's simply because yeah. Um, you know, Tony M as, you know, as, as much as he fits the tone of this album, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, I've said this several times, he works with what Prince wanted from Diamonds and Pearls. Um, you know, most of this material was relatively fresh, yeah. uh, you know, unlike say Graffiti Bridge, which was, you know, 10 songs that he'd had hanging around for two, three, four, five years. Mm-hmm. Um, this was an album of brand new material essentially. Right. And so the sound is completely different from what was going on with Graffiti Bridge and Batman and, you know, Love Sexy. And it, it, and you know, the incorporation of the band gives it a different feel and, you know, the use of Tony M also makes it sound like nothing else Prince has done up to yeah. this point. Um, you know, and kind yeah. of sets him in a different direction for the nineties. And, but at the same time, Tony M is not the world's greatest rapper, even right. though he gets to call Prince P and even though Prince is calling him T yeah. like, it's nice that they've got that level of intimacy. Yeah. Uh, but I don't, I, I think, you know, if you needed someone who was just a little to, to kind of make the point that this song is wanting to make, right. you need someone a little better to be able to do that. And so that's why I can't go any higher than a four. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would agree with a four. I think that, um, I think it's a great, on the surface, I think it's a great party song. Like, it's just, it's so funky. And, like, I could yeah. just really, I mean, it, you know, with the NPG in it, it really just sounds like a party. Um, but I really do like Prince using it as um, as a vehicle to get his message out. And almost like a confessional about, like, how I've been so stupid. But then, like, making it into, like, a fun thing and being, like, I don't know. Uh, I just, I really like how he... Um, how he formats different uh, messages that he gives sometimes. Like, so this is, yeah, a silly party song with like some dance instructions in it and yeah, (laughs) some mid-level rapping. Um, But it's a very real, like legal issue that he was going through at the time. So um, yeah. So uh, yeah, I would say a solid, solid four sounds good. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I mean, obviously, no one has covered this song. I think possibly <laughs> yeah, because you know there was impossible. there was a lawsuit. Well, yeah. I mean, well, I don't think you could. That's the thing. Right. I don't think you could do. I don't think you could do anything with this song that isn't part of the production of the song. Right. I think the song lives and dies, as with a few songs on Diamonds and Pearls, basically on the production. Um, so you know, it's it's just a matter of you know like if you try to do it and sound like prince it would just end up sounding silly which is you know pretty much what prince's rap was about you know he was in the corner with willie uh, <laughs> you know so uh yeah so you yeah. know and you know obviously prince performed it on the diamonds and pearls tour this is a theme that pretty much goes through most of the songs on this album uh, but as soon as the diamonds and pearls tour was over 
this was no longer on the set list, uh, probably because he was being sued by his ex-manager. So, sure. so maybe he didn't want to kind of provoke that a lot more. And, yeah. and, you know, he never he never brought it back anywhere else in his career. But I think because it probably only works with the MPG that's on the 1991 yeah. album. And it's so of its time. I think it really, it, it kind of really works with them on the stage performing right. it probably. Yes. But after that, you know... It, you know, two or three years down the line when you've got a different band and you've got, you know, the focus is on Maite and whatever. Right. It, it doesn't really work as, as you know, a song that could be in the set list. Right, exactly. Um, so, you know, we've said pretty much a, 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 about as much, I think, as anyone yeah. could say about Jughead. Uh, yeah. So let's go to any plugs. Um, yeah, so I uh, host a podcast called Ladies Who Library and I am a public librarian. So um, I talk about things related to public libraries, um, but I'm also, uh, the me and whoever I have on as a guest, uh, always talk about what we are watching, reading, and listening to. So it's pretty accessible and fun. Um, you can find it wherever you download podcasts or at ladieswholibrary.com. And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or on Twitter at Prince Podcast, or you could email us, not sure why you would, at princetrackbytrack at gmail.com. Um, you know, so please, uh, Steve Fognoli, do not sue us for talking about this song. Um, you know, we clearly mean no harm. Uh, thanks for being my guest here, Erin. Thank you. And otherwise, goodbye.